0: This is Wildcat Country. It's only right, the ball's in his hands, a milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. It's up the, the, end the end zone! Arizona has scored the touchdown! Wildcats win! It's going to work, bro! Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And as always, it's a you know, it's a pretty good week here. Uh, a lot of interesting things happening, but the best part of this week on the 101st episode of Wildcat Country is we have one of our favorite guests who is back. Now, we asked last week Shane and I did and we did a contest on Twitter. Congratulations to so our two winners. Who are your who's your favorite guest that that comes on Wildcat Country or has come on Wildcat Country? And you guys responded uh, with a bunch of different names, which was awesome. One of our favorite guests is Scooby Wright, who is now starring for the Birmingham The
1: USFL star.
0: Yes, in in the USFL. And so we're really excited to sit down with Scooby. And, And the reason that Scooby is one of Shane's and my favorite, and I'm sorry to speak for you, Shane, but I think you'll agree. The reason he's one of our favorite interviews is because it's like three guys that are sitting at a bar just talking. Yeah, And that's always with our interviews with Scooby. It's like that. And, and one thing I really appreciate with him. So we're really looking forward to talking with him later in the show.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, he, we get like with Scooby and Willie to and some of the other, especially on the football side, Yeah, we've been fortunate enough to have on on the show, basically they're telling us about their playing days and we're telling, we're reminiscing of what it was like to watch them, you know, as fanboys from our seats. And, and it's kind of a, just a round table discussion more than an interview. And so I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm sure this chat with Scooby will be the same way and uh, excited to talk. I mean, it's great timing for us as well. Uh, by the way, Scooby loves his ice shaker bottle. And yes, we'll get does. to that as well. Um, but, you know, I want to see how he enjoys living down and down south in Birmingham. And uh, if he still has plans to you know, go back to MMA and be a firefighter after this. But, you know, I'm hoping three times a charm with Scooby because, you know, he played in the AAF, Lions of American Football. That's that season got canceled, played in the XFL season, got canceled. Hopefully the USFL sees it through and and hopefully Birmingham, which is the only undefeated team left, goes on and wins the whole thing. So uh, it's,
0: and he's really turned
1: into a social media star in this league. I mean, he's, he's almost the face. Like I
0: honestly, no, I'll be honest. I haven't watched a bunch of USFL games or or much of it at all, uh, which is surprising for me, but I can't tell you many other players in that league other than Scooby Wright.
1: I know Scooby and I know the drone shots. Yes, on on the kicks, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. Although I, I wonder if it freaks out the kickers a little bit, just knowing mm-hmm. that a drone's going to follow your kick there. But nah, anyway,
0: it's it's. Uh, what if a drone ever interfered with a kick? That's well, that's
1: yeah. I, I was going to say, like, what, what if a kick gets blocked? What if it gets blocked into the drone? You know, is it just a dead ball there? Or do they have rules for that? Uh, yeah, it's a little risky. We should we should spend the whole show talking about that. Uh, now we'll go
0: to uh, our buy or sell, which is presented by ice shaker, which you just spoke of Shane and check out uh, our friends at ice shaker, ice shaker.com. Get one of these awesome wildcat country ice shakers. Uh, if you go to ice shaker.com and you search wildcat country and get one of these and the other water bottle uh, that Shane is holding up here. If you're watching the video feed and if you use promo code wildcat country, capital W capital C uh, you will get $5 off. And these things are legit. And we will have our friend Chris Gronkowski join us in a few weeks to talk more about Ice Shaker, his sponsorships of Arizona athletes, and of course his playing days. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll break down more of the 2008 Las Vegas Bowl. How
1: much NIL money could the Gronks have made back in the day?
0: Uh, yeah, we'll have to ask Chris about that. I'm uh-huh. sure Rob could have gotten his share. I, yeah, don't you know, Chris, I don't know if Chris feels that he would have made a ton. We'll have to ask him about that. But check out IceShaker.com. And now let's start with Buy or Sell. Now, I'm just we, we have four regular questions, Shane, and then I have three bonus questions.
1: Oh, good. So four so that, that I know about, four, four that I was you, able to prep for, and three that you're going to sign me with. Yep,
0: yep. Okay. Uh, number one, TikTok, tock Shane. I'm getting nervous and anxious that uh, Arizona's 22-23 roster, uh, men's basketball roster has not improved over this week. Are you nervous? Are you buying the nervousness or selling it?
1: So you're going to, is this going to be a question every yes, week now? every week. Okay. Yep, yeah. Uh, I'm still going to sell, Eric. I I think that the, the, uh, the Tommy Lloyd regime is biding its time. And I think they have some people in particular in mind uh, who they want to bring on board. Uh, I will say this. The only thing that does concern me is I'm mm-hmm. wondering if some of uh, like the top, uh, potential transfers are yeah. talking to other schools and saying, hey, do you really want to go to Arizona? Do you know, how, they, they might not have a scholarship for you. You know, that this, this decision with the IRP is coming down soon. Uh, and so maybe that may be an issue, but it really wasn't last year when, when, it, when Tommy Lloyd brought in three solid transfers, they all came off the bench, but they were all very important in Pella Larson and Umar Balo and Justin Kier. The first of those two of those three are going to be important uh, next season and yeah. beyond. So that's the only thing that's kind of stuck in the back of my head is I'm wondering if some potential transfers are worried about that situation. And then and beyond that, if they're going to get an additional postseason ban on top of that, which I don't think they will. But who knows? Well, well but, here's the other, th- here's the other thing. Yeah. Do you,
0: uh, so we're Dale and Terry uh, probably going to come back. We don't know. Is Coloco for sure gone? Like, do we know this?
1: I didn't see anything about him getting, having an option to return. So I, I think, you know, the, the language that he used versus Dale and Terry seems very different. So it sounds like Coloco is gone, gone. So
0: then why is Tommy Lloyd not getting another big man? I, I, that's how do you know I, could, How do you
1: know he's not working on that?
0: Well, because, you know, we, we're looking at like these big transfer names and we're not mm. seeing Arizona mentioned. I, I mean, I know it is what it is. You take it with a grain of salt in social media. I'm just more concerned. I mean, I'm buying this just because I'm concerned, and I freak out over little things. We know that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see more action at this point in the game. We, what six weeks post game or something like that of the last Arizona game? And nothing's happened.
1: Yeah, I and honestly, I don't know exactly what goes on be, uh, behind the scenes. You know, it is dude? I'm picturing Tommy Lloyd and his staff having this big board of you know recruiting or transfer wish lists yeah. of guys that they want to bring on board. And maybe there's some guys who aren't sure they're going to come or or they, we haven't even got a chance to talk to them yet. And you don't want to fill a roster with someone just to say you filled it. If you have someone else in mind, you also don't want to wait too long and miss your opportunity. So I'm sure it's between that. And of course the uncertainty with the number of scholarships you're going to have going forward. It's a, it's a, it's a, a balancing act, I'm sure, but I'm not any more concerned this week than I was last week. okay uh, we'll take it week by week we, we revisit this each week. that's fine. I think that's totally legitimate All right. but I, th- I am still confident I think Tommy Lloyd and his staff have earned the the confidence from us that they'll be able to fill the fill these gaps left by Ben Matherin and Christian Coloco and fill them effectively
0: All right so thus far if you're keeping track at home we've uh, matherin has gone Coloco is mm-hmm. probably gone. Terry's a maybe probably coming back. Uh, Shane Noel is transferring, not really a big loss there.
1: And kyer has gone.
0: An- uh, kyer has gone, right. Yeah. Dylan Anderson coming in, who was apparently, I uh, was talking to somebody who actually watched, you know, his high school games here. In Phoenix said the guy's a star. Uh, so we'll see about that. Yeah, you know, what's
1: what's interesting, real quick, Eric, is, is his. I don't know how much this means, but his rec- like the top 100. I forget exactly where he's ranked now, but he's actually come down a bit. So so recruits or recruiting analysts aren't as high on Dylan Anderson as hmm. they were a year ago. He's still a top 100 guy, and you never know. But just throwing that out there.
0: And then they got the other European guy that Shane and I don't want to try to pronounce his name. We'll, we'll say
1: his name.
0: We'll we'll we'll, we'll let Matt Morial the next something. time we have him on. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Uh, okay. So number two, uh, Lauren Fields. Uh, the new women's basketball transfer, buy or sell?
1: I'll put me on the spot. I I will, you know, I I guess innocent until proven guilty. I will buy until sold. How's that? Uh, Why wouldn't this be a screaming buy? Well, because she's coming from a, Bad team, Eric. Oklahoma State went 9-20 and last season. Okay. Okay. So she was, you could say, you know, big fish, small ponds. Yeah, she was, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So between that and the fact that a lot of uh, the transfers who came in last year for Dia Barnes didn't really make a lot of noise, we'll see. I, I'll buy it. I think it's a great addition. I'm just, the idea, I, I think if, if people think that she's going to come in and, and put up the same numbers at Arizona when you already have uh, some stars there and you have some, some, some big names coming in, I'm going to guess she's going to be more like, you know, maybe first player off the bench kind of player, which is good. I mean, it's important, but I don't necessarily think that she's going to be, you know, at the same level as maybe Kate Reese or even uh, Shayna Pellington. But I hope she makes me eat my words. But I just, when I look at Oklahoma State's record, I'm a little wary of thinking she's going to be a star at Arizona. Here's what I'm buying scoring.
0: Arizona really struggled to put the ball in the hoop last year, really struggled. Without uh, without Ari McDonald and then Kate Reese when she was hurt, Arizona like it was yeah. really struggle. Yeah, somebody that knows how to score—that's all I need to see. Bye bye bye. You know, I, I do. I think this I, makes Arizona Final Four team. No, but I think it's it's a great addition.
1: It, it's a great yeah. It's a great addition for sure. But yeah. I'm just saying, people think oh, we got another star. I mean, she was second team uh, all Big all Big uh, Twelve, which is great. It's great. But again. Look at the team. It's kind of a, um, you know, it's a it's a poor comparison, but it's the only way I could think of is Terrell Brown at Arizona versus Washington. Just think of it like that.
0: Okay, fair. Yeah, I mean, it's great at Washington at Arizona. He was all right. Uh, Okay, bonus question number one. I'll just insert it in here. Oh, good. It was announced on Monday that the gradient uniforms are going by the wayside. Uh, Are you buying this change or selling
1: it? What do you think? (laughs) I am buying, this is the easiest buy in the history of, of, of buy or sell. Yes. I, you know what? I didn't mind the grading as much on the red and blue uniforms, which is the ones they showed in that little video that they posted on, on the, the, the white uniforms, the, the gray D I hated that with a passion. What's the point of doing that on a white Jersey? I hated it. So if those were gone just on the white, I'd be fine. Um, Red and blue it's okay. It's not necessary. So I'll, I'll buy it. Of course, we need to see what the uniforms will look like. I, if they just go back to the previous iteration, I'd be fine with that. And, or if they want to go with a slightly more retro look that they had in the late nineties, early 2000s, I'd I be think okay with that's
0: it. the way to go, Shane. Yeah. I think might. The, retro, the retro look. And I think at this point, I mean, it's one thing for football jerseys. Cause those, I feel like stand out with the helmets, everything like that. basketball jerseys. I mean, you know, like I I'd be honest, they're probably going to get, crap for this take i don't like the suns all some of their all their jerseys just keep it plain i don't need the rally the valley jer- give me the sun's jerseys you like the, I mean, the,
1: the old school one with the, pho- I, you know, the phoenix print you yeah.
0: loved it no yeah. i know the, the ones my favorite jerseys that the suns had were when they when barkley came on in 93 and they you know yeah. they had the new arena and everything they, those were and they they bring them back as the retro i mean those were the best and, and they, they they make them worse as we go along here
1: well, there's just so many now on every team uh, that it's and it's all to, to sell merch and, and which, you know, it always has been. But but yeah, um, and, and it's, it's the same way in the college level to a certain extent as, as well.
0: Yeah. You know, you notice that like jerseys in general are getting worse as we go along here. They're not yeah. they're not getting better. Like yeah. when you when you think about retro jer- when you think about like the greatest helmets, for example, in college football, there was a poll recently, I think Michigan helmet it's the it's been around for 80 90 years it's the simplest of helmets but it's tradition green bay packers in the nfl it's simple you know the bears simple
1: well you know what's interesting is the most and just pivoting to football since you already did it the most successful college football teams generally are the ones that aren't changing up their uniforms and have a dozen different ones. You minus, th- or, the, yeah,
0: minus Oregon. Minus
1: Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio yeah. state. They all have, they've have all stuck to the same uniforms. They don't need those, those gimmicks per se with, I'm just going to throw one more thing out though before I forget. I would love for this year's territorial cup game for Arizona to wear the old a on their helmets because they mm. dominated ASU during that mm. time. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I always, you know, when I, I looked it back to the, to, when I think back to those helmets. I think of Chuck Cecil, 106 yards, or, or you know, unofficially unoffic- 100 yard return. Not my favorite helmet. So that Arizona, but they dom- But I'm saying for that game because they dominated ASU during that period when they wore those helmets. Okay, I
0: I'm, I respect that. All right, so if we talk to Jed at some point, hopefully, uh, you, I would like you to bring that up.
1: I will. That, that I'm gonna.
0: That's necessary. Okay, uh, let's move on to softball and baseball. Uh, number three, Arizona baseball or softball. So. Before or whatever, will a, a regional in the first round of the NCAA tournament this season by yourself?
1: Uh, I'm 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 going to sell that either of them uh, will. And I think your question was uh, host ready. You cut out for just a second there, but we'll roll with it. I just want to let you know because I'm sure everyone our yes. audience heard it. Uh, but yeah, yes. your your question is will either of them uh, host a a regional? Uh, I don't think so at this point. Uh, there are still chances for a lot of quality wins uh, for both teams. Um, both teams playing in a loaded Pac-12, especially in softball. We're in baseball as well. Oregon State's number two in the country, and they always have a very mm-hmm. good team. Both the Oregon schools do. So plenty of opportunities for more wins. Arizona baseball, um, a real impressive home home series, three out of four against a pretty good Nevada team. Uh, softball team, it was non, you know, non-conference wins, but still. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little, unless one of the two win out or come close to winning out, uh, I think that the ship for hosting Our regional has probably sailed. I think both of them will be in. Then we talked about that last week, but I think they're going to both going to be traveling.
0: All right. Here's what I'm going to say. Arizona, I think has nine games left. I know they play GCU. We're recording this on Tuesday before the GCU game. So uh, we don't know the outcome of that. I know they play Oregon state uh, three games at home. You mentioned how good they are. If They win two out of three there. And then let's say they win two out of three at Oregon and then they win the PAC 12 tournament, uh, which is in Scottsdale. I mean, I wouldn't see a reason why Arizona probably shouldn't be one in the top sixteen. They absolutely
1: could, yeah. Well, in GCU yeah. as well, that they, they're yeah. ranked, but their RPI is one spot. Last I checked, ahead of Arizona's. That's correct. So that would be a quality win, obviously beating Oregon State. So yeah, they they could. I just think it's going to be a really tough road, and I, I'm guessing they're not going to get going to get a top sixteen.
0: Seed. And, and you know, for all that we've talked about softball or haven't really this year, uh, they're going to make the tournament, and yep. we're going to see. I mean, they probably won't go very far, but. Uh, because of pitching, as we've discussed, Shane, but the fact that they're going to be in and, you know, we'll actually have another week to talk about them playing ball. So that'll be great. They're loaded with point. hitting.
1: They're, they're next, just, you know, like I guess next season, they add a, a national top 10 pitcher. They're have I mean, to. Just, just like that. They're, they're a college world series. contender. Have to. seriously. And,
0: and you never know, Shane, if somebody gets hot, you know, you get one of these pitchers who gets hot and goes on a run, you know, I mean, you never know how, what happens there. Okay. Number four, let's, let's pivot to football here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona football will average 27 or more points a game next season. Now, um, just giving you some basis for comparison, last year, Arizona averaged 17.2 points per game, and seven Pac-12 teams averaged more than 27 in 2021. Will Arizona join that club in 2022?
1: I will. I'll buy it. Um, I think it's close, but I'll buy it uh, because I I think that this team, like we talked about before, is capable of being in the top half in offense in the Pac-12, or at least hovering around that that mark, which is what they would be doing in points. I think that the big difference. You know, Arizona averaged just over 17 points a game last season. If they were a little bit better in the red zone, it'd be well over 20. And they were awful in the red zone. I don't think they're going to have those issues again next season. I, I think, if nothing else, they're going to finish more drives. You know, like I mentioned before, they they move the ball pretty well in between the twenties, and then they get stuck at the one or two yard line and just would find ways, not creative ways, not to score. I don't think that's going to be as big an issue. So just for that reason, you know, with the the new weapons they have on offense, Jaden Delora obviously is an improvement at quarterback. I, I think that ten more points a game. Uh, it's a tougher schedule, so you have to consider that. Right. But I, I I think that 27 is is probably a good un, over under spot, and I'll I will go ahead and uh, cautiously buy it.
0: And I'm gonna cautiously sell this
1: one. Okay. Um
0: Yeah, I I just don't know um, how I feel about Arizona's offense being that explosive without having an NAU type team. I, I know Arizona only scored under 20 points against NAU last year, but on this year's schedule, you have. You know, San Diego State, Mississippi State, and yeah. North Dakota State. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see any of those being shootouts. Maybe Mississippi State if they get you know in a track meet with the, the Mike Leach team, but yeah. outside of that, I don't see. I mean, to, to average twenty seven points a game, you got to have one of those games where you drop forty or fifty, right?
1: And that's, that's a fair point. And I think I think what you're saying, and I guess I would agree with, is if it's this year's team with last year's schedule, that's that's a buy with the 27 points, but with this year's schedule, it, it yeah could certainly it's, be tougher. That's a good It's a, point.
0: it's a, it's a small sell at this point. I, 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 we, we obviously need to know more. Okay. I think
1: 27 is a good buyer sell it's or good, buy. Okay. Or a good, yeah. good over, under cutoff there. You know, yeah. me
0: in my next job as a lines maker. Good to know. Go. Uh, yeah. All right. So two bonus questions related to football before we bring on Scooby uh, number one. So uh, Arizona did not have a player selected in, in last year's or in this year's NFL draft. I don't think last year either, or, they probably haven't for a while. Actually, the more Gary Brightwell, I think, was the last one that was selected a couple of years ago, right? That seemed about right to you?
1: Was uh, wasn't was Roy Lopez picked? Wasn't he picked? Oh yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. last yeah. year, that's right. Yeah. Okay, all right. So it's been a while that they've had a high draft pick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So buy or sell? Arizona will have a first or second round draft pick in the next four years in the NFL draft.
1: I'll I'll buy it and be, for one hyphenated word, and that's T Mac. I think he would be the guy. Uh, certainly. Uh, there might be more in there, but you look at, at, at McMillan, uh, I and mean, I need to get a better, do a better job of pronouncing his name. Tedderola McMillan. Tederoa yeah. McMillan. Uh, I just like calling him T-Mac, but yeah, I, at this point it's hard to, it's kind of like when Nikhil Harry came to ASU, it, that guy had, you know, first or second round pick written all over him. And I know yep. that it, it hasn't worked well from the NFL, but I think T-Mac's the same way. You know, he's a guy like Adam Gourney told us the other week. Uh, he's, he's not, the speediest guy who's going to get a lot of separation, but he can just go up and get the ball and guys like that in the NFL are just as valuable as they are in college football guys who can just catch the ball. You know, you, you you toss it up to them and they're going to win those 50, 50 matchups. So, you know, it's hard to say without him, him playing a game yet, but I think if it wasn't for him, I'd probably sell it because it's just difficult to do. It's to be a top 64 pick. Yeah. Uh, But I, because of, because he's there in an Arizona uniform, I'll buy it.
0: I want to say, I probably should have phrased it and said anyone outside of him. No, so it's too late. A guy. too late. So Hunter Eccles, who is a transfer from USC, mm-hmm. said next year I'm going in the first round.
1: Okay. He, he
0: tweeted that out. So that, that was kind of the uh, uh, basis behind that question. Okay. I, I wish Hunter well. I mean, he was a top you know, recruit coming out of high school. I mean, maybe he shows off and, and shows something. So uh, hopefully he's right. And uh, Shane and I are underestimating. I would say I'd probably buy it just because of T Mac. T Mac, assuming he's the player. We think he will be in three years. Assuming he stays at Arizona for all three years, which we certainly hope. Uh, yes. I would say that he would be a, uh, a top two round draft pick. Okay. The last one, Shane, I don't know if you follow this guy, big game boomer on Twitter. He, uh, yeah. he, he, he comes makes up, up a with bunch all, of, uh,
1: bunch yeah, of rankings. Yeah. yeah.
0: A lot of them are, uh, are BS. We'll say now, this I, was yeah. one that, that came out on Tuesday morning that I thought was interesting. Um, top 50 loudest college football stadiums of all time. LSU, number one, Penn State, two, Texas A&M, three. This is a list of 50. Number 50, Arizona. Do you buy or sell that Arizona is one of the 50 loudest stadiums in college football?
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, we we both know, I think everyone knows that this guy just makes up stuff, he does. but he gets a great response, so he keeps doing it. So, you know, it, it's he's almost like a troll that we keep responding to and just encourage. But with that said, so you posed the question, I, I, I will say that it it can get very loud in that stadium. Absolutely, yes. we've heard it get very loud in that stadium. Uh, top 50, uh, I'd have to think about, I could probably name 50 stadiums where it's probably. The, the fan support is is, is better. Uh, I mean if you've asked me that question, you know, after the twenty fourteen season, I might have a different answer for you. But top fifty I don't of all know. time. This is not of saying time.
0: of, of twenty twenty one, because it it'd yeah. be like the three quietest stadiums of twenty twenty one was Arizona Stadium. But yeah. I mean seriously. Well you know
1: what though you you would do I I guess I don't know what answers. I'll I'll sell it just because because the Arizona you know stadium is down right now and, and big time in attendance. But you would know better than I would because you've been to a lot more games than I have. I've been to some, but not as many as you have in the stands.
0: I, I think now. Listen, I haven't been to a lot of other college football stadiums. Unfortunately, I'd love to do that as I get older. Uh, I believe Arizona Stadium is absolutely one of the fifty loudest stadiums in the country. Okay. When it when it's rocking and when I like the way I look at this list. If every game was if every stadium was sold out. And the home team was doing well, which one's going to be among the loudest based on McHale Center, we know is absolutely one of the, you know, 20 or higher, uh, you know, loudest stadiums in college basketball. The fan support is there when the team is good.
1: Yeah. You know what? I always think back to uh, the end of the 2010 game against Iowa where they had all those sacks at the end of the game. Yo, it, it was got, amazing. It, it got loud. And if you go back and watch the, the video, I think it's on YouTube, you can actually hear just like a deafening roar on that last sack, on, on just on YouTube. it was. And I was at that game and with my nephew, and it was off the charts loud at the very end of that game. Arizona was top 25. It was a sellout. The Arizona fans were competing with some of the Iowa fans to make more noise because there were a lot of Hawkeye fans yep, there because yep. Arizona is Big Ten country. A lot of, people, yep. a lot of them live out here. That was so when it is packed and it's a big game, absolutely. It's one of the top 50. It just hasn't happened in a long time.
0: Right. So just, I I would love to see a sellout at some point. I mean, can you imagine Arizona's doing pretty well? We get a sellout for, for homecoming this year. Is that, is it, USC or Oregon? I can't remember. I you know what? If, if USC. they're
1: if they're at least bowl, in bull contention, like five and six going to the ASU game, that'll be a sellout. Because even in twenty sixteen, no one because ASU's fans won't show up. Well, well, who cares? But when even in twenty sixteen, though, when Arizona was terrible and ASU was they had lost five in a row, it wasn't a sellout, but it was very close. There were over fifty thousand fans here. So, I, I think that if Arizona is more competitive and 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 if you, your prediction's right, they're going to be favored to win that game, then. Certainly, I, I think that that they, that, that, can, that game will be a sellout.
0: Now, also remember, it's on Black Friday this year. And uh, one thing about that day, and not that I'm big into it, but for this country in sports, it's USA-England in the World Cup.
1: That's right. That's So true.
0: it's the only time this will ever happen that, that likely that it will have in our lifetimes that... Uh, the World Cup will be in around Thanksgiving because it's being played in, in the Middle East. Um, so you wonder if it's a day game, if U of A or U of is a, a day game, will that hurt attendance? You know, if it's a night game, yeah. you know, difference. Okay, so anyway, just, just throwing that out there. All right, coming up, a, a great conversation, hopefully with our buddy Scooby Wright. Uh, looking forward to chatting with him. This was By or Cell, presented by Ice Shaker, here on Wildcat Country. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Grykowski here. Bear Dow, let's go! I wanted to introduce you to the newest sponsor of the Wildcat Country podcast. That's the Ice Shaker. So check this out. Keep your drinks hot. Keep your drinks cold. We got you covered. Snag one today. Use coupon code Wildcat Country at IceShaker.com. Shane, it's glad to. It's great to have our buddy Scooby Wright back on with us. And the, but the last time we talked, you know, he was becoming a firefighter. He was doing this (laughs) UFC thing. And the next thing you know, the guy is like the breakout star of the USFL on an undefeated Birmingham team. That's literally the the only
1: undefeated team left in the USFL. That's
0: right. And I mean, the the, the, the play is awesome. And it's actually really good quality of, of play. Scooby, how the hell did you go from aspiring fighter, firefighter and UFC guy to star linebacker once again? Just tell us how that whole thing went down
2: yeah so i uh i I put my name i think it was like right after i talked to you guys last or something i uh got an email to put my name in the uh, usfl draft pool not thinking i was gonna get drafted or anything like i was like yeah i just see what happens so then i put my name in it and kind of was the new draft was coming but like wasn't going to pay attention to it but then like two days before the draft or the day before the draft i get a call from my linebacker coach in dc and he was like hey I still think you got a lot of tread left on the tires. So why don't you come out and play some football? So yeah. I was uh, very fortunate to have him uh, give me that opportunity.
1: Well, USFL is fortunate to have you. I think but not. Con- you, you consider you know what you do on the field and your swag off the field. It's, it's I don't know a better <laughs> combination at the moment. So, you know, Scooby, I know you and I talked after the Alliance of American Football folded with two weeks left yeah. in the season. Oh yeah, you went and did that, and then you go off to the XFL DC, and then it, that's I even- saw
0: him play Shane. I saw I saw Scooby play at one game. Okay. Before it went off. It, they played in LA, yeah. and I actually went yeah. to that game. Okay, so that was kind of cool to see him play once again. All right, yeah. and, the, and,
1: and then, of course, seasons can't, and the whole league folds because of uh, because of COVID, and now here you are again. So I guess you know, and the league's going great. No sign that it's going to fold anytime soon. But just, what was your mindset yeah. going into this? Like, I know you talk about controlling what you can control, right? <laughs> well, what's your mindset uh-huh. going into this league?
2: I don't know, I can't I'm gonna paraphrase this quote. I think it's fool me once, shame on you, or fool me twice, shame on you, or whatever. <laughs> close enough. Close three enough. Times, something, something, something. That's kinda <laughs> <laughs> that's kinda was my uh, yeah. mindset a little bit. But uh no, I mean a chance to go play football and after having a little more life experience and doing other things and stuff and having an opportunity to go back and do something that you have and passionate about, like hell yeah, I'm gonna do that.
1: Yeah, and your last game, uh, if you've had two great games already for for Birmingham. Your last one, uh, that that big play that everyone's talking about was fourth and goal, the one you leap over the line, you make the stop. You, you're mic'd mm-hmm. up, and we get to hear what you talk about. After, I mean, it, it's the whole thing was this is great timing on this interview. We had already planned to talk to you, but this is great. So tell me what's yeah. going through your mind on that fourth and goal play, and, and and how much you you enjoyed that. I
2: don't know. I love fourth and goal. Like, like i like don't know. To me, like fourth and goal is like bottom of the ninth, three and two, and your four hitters up, you know, like that, that, that's how I think about it in my head. So I've always loved that and stuff. And just kind of got to go out there and just play and do what you can and not let them score. I mean, that's where you got to,
1: yeah. You're so uh, humble off the field, man. You're such a beast on it. And you're just like, oh, shucks, you know, I did what I had to do, man. So you, you hit another gear when you, like every football player, I guess, right? When you, when you take the yeah. field, you're a different guy.
2: I mean, you can't be walking around like a psycho when you're off the field. <laughs> you know, nobody likes that guy. People will probably think you're a serial killer.
1: You just you, you save it for where it's legal, then.
2: Yeah, exactly. For yeah, I love it. The mats, the mats in the field. Do Do you
0: still think you're the same player that you were in college and coming out of college? Do you think you still have it? I mean, you're the fourth leading tackler in the league, so obviously the uh-huh. stats show it. But do you personally feel like you still have what you what you had back then?
2: Uh, no, I don't, because I feel completely different, to be honest. I feel like a completely different player than what I was in college. How so? Um, just by the things I'm asked to do and just in college, we didn't like, if someone were to go tell me to go play quarters coverage in college, I'd be like, I don't know that. We don't play that coverage because everything we played in college, I was always the low hole player or the read rush guy on the quarterback. So it was, uh, one of those things where I kind of had to transform my game into the NFL when in pro football because in pro football I wasn't I wasn't asked to go lined up on the edge. You got guys like Chandler Jones who get paid hundreds of million dollars to go do that. They're not going to put Scooby right six foot nothing ass out on the out on the edge and go get a sack And they're going to put you in coverage. You go put you on a tight end or a back, and you're expected to win that battle. You know. So I mean, now I'm like, it's really the first time I feel comfortable in a playbook since not even not even feeling comfortable just because I played in this I think it's my eighth playbook in four or five years or whatever something like that something crazy and I came in not playing my linebacker not knowing how to set a defense not knowing how to fire zone coverage not none of that so after being away and stuff and just really just maturing as an adult to be honest and understanding and learning football better like coverage and stuff reading coverage is three two to one reads okay you're playing your different hooks and stuff and I just feel like I'm actually seeing it like I should have had two picks already I, I'm surprising myself when I see it because I've done those techniques and practice and stuff I've seen it and then now it's getting to the point where it's like okay boom, boom, boom make the play like you know what you're doing stop being surprised this is what you do now this is what you're expected to do so that's kind of where I feel like it's way different than how it was in college
0: Oh, that's awesome. And that that maturity, you know, that you can say, you know, what, seven years post collegiate experience. I mean, that's really impressive to say that. So uh, describe like the experience as far as this league as compared to, as Shane mentioned, the XFL. And then before that, the AAF, would you say you're having more fun in this particular league? And if so, what what is that locker room environment like with your Birmingham team?
2: It's great. We have this is honestly probably one of the funnest defenses I played on just because there's guys who we just talk we communicate and we just like being around each other i mean the linebacker uh, d gates who plays next to me he's a ball hawk and i just he played safety in college at Ole miss and stuff so there's times when i ask him questions about coverage and stuff and i'm learning from him so like he's a great tool for me just to learn stuff from and unfortunately he's one of my teammates but um and i think he's probably leading tackle in the league too to be honest if you look it up he's I think he's probably been He's probably number three or whatever. He's been having ten, 10 plus tackle a game. But uh yeah, then the experiences, it's I feel like it was weird because the in this we only had a three week training camp. So it, it was really that first game I was like, Whoa, we're playing in a football game. Like, you know, like I hate to sound like that, but after a two year layoff, a lot of guys haven't played in a game just through pandemic and this and that. But so I'd say like the experience level, and I feel like it's only gonna get better each each week from here on out in the USFL, which is going to be exciting.
1: So Scooby, you were mic'd up uh, for the last game. And I'm guessing that was the first time you've, you've experienced that uh, in your football career. Uh, Were you nervous about that at all? Like, were you eager for the opportunity to do that? No, I've been
2: mic'd up before. I was, I was mic'd up with the Cardinals and stuff. Okay, I remember one time in a preseason game that I was nervous for that though. I will say that just because like, I don't know. I just didn't know. I just didn't talk. I just, i was like my teammates i was like hey i don't talk to me like that so i was just going to walk away were you worried you were gonna
1: you were gonna throw a bunch of bunch of f-bombs out there or something or no not at all you just just didn't you just just weird
2: yeah i just i don't know i wasn't having as much fun as i am now just put it that way okay yeah so uh, i'm
1: having way more fun all right uh, I want to go back to your first game. You had a, um, at least from my perspective, a, a strip sack that was very similar to what you called the loudest moment <laughs> at Arizona Stadium. Uh, your strip sack of Taylor Kelly early in that 2014 Territorial Cup game. Uh, yeah. Any any flashbacks for you on on that play, or, or what, just, what was that? What was that play like? Because that was one of your, probably your biggest, your first big play of uh, in the USFL, I think.
2: Yeah. So just going back to earlier, I mean, I was playing defensive end in that game, hand in the dirt. So now I I was blitzing off the I was supposed to blitz uh, front side a gap but they slid to me so I went back door and I made the play and I was pretty much rushed like weak side end but uh, when they're chasing down and saw the football and had to had to go get it so yeah, yeah and no, you, it was fun yeah
0: yeah you're known for your strip sacks obviously that one with of Taylor Kelly and then the Mariota, the Mariota one, yep. which was yep. a Thursday night game on and I think that's probably the signature play when when people nationally think of Scooby right to think of that one. How do you feel about this newfound, I guess, old, new old, you know, stardom, you know, on social media and I mean, you're you're the star. You're the face of this league. You're everywhere. The USFL on their Twitter feed is featuring you. How does that feel to be kind of that main face now?
2: Uh, All I know is last week they showed that I got I got ran over by some dude because my teammate hit him in three. So sometimes you just got to get more than you get got. (laughs) I mean, that's if i be being 100% honest. I mean, you can't pay attention to that stuff. It's not stardom. It's just it all comes from playing good on the field. I mean, if you play, you play crappy on the field, no one pays attention. If you play good on the field, okay, can you, can you be consistent with that each week? Can you show up each week and handle not even the pressure, but just handle the expectations that you set for yourself?
0: I, I do have to ask you one, uh, one kind out of out-of-the-box, quite not out-of-the-box, but just kind of on the hot seat question. Do you think it's – possible that we'll see you in an nfl training camp this august
2: that's the goal i wouldn't be here if that if that dream wasn't still alive i okay. mean i'm 27 i'm 27 years old i mean shit, if, if kurt warner can go from bagging from bagging shells or putting groceries on shelves, and james harris and john randall i like go guys like that i mean weird things have happened and, and i believe in myself and i believe that i uh i can go get an opportunity i believe i can go play
1: So, you know, we talked like Eric mentioned a a while ago and you're, you know, you're, you're doing your MMA and and doing very well at that. And you're talking about coming to firefighter. Are those still things down the road that you would like to do again?
2: Yeah. I mean, right now it's kind of crazy. I mean, people ask me what I, what I do and I don't even know what to say. I'm just like, eh, former, a lot of things, future, some things. So it's kind of funny, but um, yeah, I a hundred percent do. I mean, it's definitely uh right now. My goal is to get back in the NFL and keep playing, keep playing well in the USFL.
1: I got two more for you. Uh, what do you think of Birmingham, Alabama? I mean, you go from, from Arizona to DC to the deep mm-hmm. South. What do you, how do you like, how do you like Alabama?
2: No, I don't know if forget Cleveland too. Cleveland. Cleveland and, that's uh, right. That's right. And Fox and Foxborough. But uh, it's great. It's honestly, I love it. It's like, I like it a lot. Like deep South, like the South is cool. It's, pretty chill people are nice food's good no that's a good atmosphere i really you like get,
1: it you get a little co- a lot of compliments on your haircut down there too <laughs>
2: yeah it's definitely uh definitely i've gotten called morgan wall and vibes a few times so it is what it is
1: <laughs> All right, my last thing for you and for those who are watching i got a uh i'll show you i got my scooby uh, auto here out of 10 uh Kind of cool. I got a four out of forty nine and out of ten here. So this is my future. I feature you need the one out of one. Thing. Where's I, well, that one out of one? Well, we, we're gonna. I think we're gonna learn from Scooby where the one out of one is. But we we also learned just before we started recording that you're a bit of a card collector yourself. Tell us about some of your uh, why you do it and some of your best cards.
2: Yeah. So how I got into it, it was just one of those things. Me and my dad did growing up. So that was really how I got into it. We would, I mean, man, we would go look at a newspaper. My dad and I was really young. I think one of like the first times we went, like a core memory, we went and. There was a newspaper ad and we went and went he circled it went down the address and went and go picked up like huge amount of boxes i think we still have some that we haven't gone through so we went and picked them up and just kept going through them and slowly we just it was always one of those things when my sister would go to softball tournaments we look for card stores nearby so that was one of the things so, yeah, well, it's, and it's, uh, so my
1: yeah, tell us about some of your some of your favorites. And and by the way, if you need someone to flip through, through those boxes for you, I'd be more <laughs> than happy to do that for you. Of
2: course. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe one day we get down, get down and do that, Shane. But uh yeah, some of my favorite, some of my best cards. I got a Mickey Mantle card, I got a Barry uh Barry Sanders rookie card, and then I have a Walter Payton rookie card, Urlacher rookie card. Yeah. And then I think I got, them, yeah, those are just some
1: off the top of my head. Well, now, do you have a Scooby rookie card? Yeah, I got a handful of those. <laughs> I think my mom does. Your so mom's got good. the one-on-one, right?
2: Honestly, I think she has something like that. She has, okay. I think she has like a, something like a five or one. I remember she bought it. Better, like, lower friend. number than the Great one I have. Yeah, so what, but like, that's still pretty good.
0: What yeah. do you remember about when they, you know, don't they send you like a bunch of stickers to autograph or like, what's that process like just from a player's point of view?
2: Honestly, I would be sitting right here and be like talking to you guys, like talking to my parents or talking to whoever had to sign them and just, really just kind of multitask instead of scrolling on your phone or doing whatever. Like you just have that stack and write on a little sticker. I mean, it was strenuous. I mean, it was just one of those things. Like I remember when I was living in Miami, going to train at Pete We would I would really go train all day from like eight to three and take a little nap, eat dinner and just sign for a couple of hours and do it all again. Hours, a couple hours. Oh, Oh, yeah. I think I had to do like 15,000 or something. What? Are, is, yeah. I think. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, because I, I remember my car deal was pretty good when I came out. So I had to do like, yeah, I want to say it was like 15,000 15, signatures. Wow. Well,
1: this must have been early in the process because this signature looks pretty good. It looks like it's got, it was before you no, got tired. No,
2: Honestly, I, I I saw it when you looked at it, but I, when I see it. So that is probably very late in the process. Oh, was it? With W.
1: It's oh. Uh, well, oh, the Scooby looks good. The Scooby looks good, though. Yeah, it looks. I
0: mean, they are guys yeah. that like that sign like a letter, and it's so annoying. You're like, come yeah. on, man.
1: Or your did initials. They, yeah. Did they ever well, sign- see I
2: Yeah, because I, I originally was gonna do but I think some of them I signed even s dot right And I did the other mm. thing. And I remember talking to my dad, he was like, nah, dude, like you gotta see you gotta sign Scooby W. You gotta you gotta make sure people see the Scooby because that's like I don't know. He just said I just remember him telling me that when I was going through the stuff. So
1: that's how people know you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's crazy. Can you imagine, Shane? Can you imagine? Like, I don't think I've signed my name fifteen thousand times in my life, much less in like a couple of sittings. You know,
1: I, 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 I did. I did one autograph signing for my book, my first book, and I signed like maybe thirty, and that wasn't that was enough. I was tired of it, so I. Can't yeah, I was just see
0: your hands got to hurt. Now you yeah. see why these guys, the, the, why they get paid so much. Okay, for the, these card deals. All right, Scooby, questions for you. um First of all, Jed Fish and the Arizona program. I don't know if you've been paying attention the last few months. They got no. the number one class in the Pac-12. How crazy is that to you that a team coming off a one eleven season got the number one recruiting class in the conference?
2: I mean, props to props to that staff. I mean, when I went down there a few weeks ago, it was it was unbelievable. Or not a few weeks ago, a few months ago now, how unbelievable that staff is and how well organized they have their things in place. So, I mean. I mean, I think the sky is the limit. I mean, if you look back at, I mean, when's the last time Arizona's finished in with the
1: top top class like that? I no, don't ever have, have
2: they ever had a
0: recruiting class? Like not that? to my
1: recollection, no.
0: I mean, they were in the I mean, top a, 25 a, early in stoops in the stoops SURE years.
1: They've had yeah. some good ones, by yeah. top, but top, like, top, pac 12, yeah.
2: So like, so, like, my going in after my sophomore year, I think we had a fairly decent recruiting class, right? Um, I, think, I think we had. Because That was when we had like Marcus Griffin, five star yeah. guy, then Jamadre Cobb, and all those guys who are like, not it was okay, Cobb, but like, yeah, but there was, yeah, I remember there we had like some five star guys coming in, and like, I don't know, it was, it was just interesting how it panned out. So, I mean, hopefully, they get there and they develop the guys. I mean, that, that's the main thing is like, you can, yeah, you could do that, but like, I think the biggest thing in college football now is, can you get the guys to stay there? Are they going to go to the transfer portal? Are they going to do that? Are they going yeah. go to have money? Yeah. Or what's going on? It's a whole like, new world now. Yeah. Like you can say you have a top five for whatever recruiting class, but okay, how many guys are those gonna stay there? How many of those guys are gonna pan out? How many of the guys are gonna sit there and develop and put in work every single day? So
0: you, you think about the NIL opportunities you would have had down there. I mean, it's just it's crazy oh, stop, to think. I, <laughs> <laughs> you would you would
2: have I, 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 I would have had a bar named Scoobies.
0: <laughs>
2: I would have a bar named Scoobies written down on less things.
0: I mean, you heard it right there. All right, last question for you. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we sent you an ice shaker. Um, they are a sponsor, uh, courtesy of our buddy, Chris Gronkowski. Uh, you have it Bronk. right there. Just tell us about your experience with the ice shaker and uh, just kind of give it a little sales pitch for everybody out there.
2: I love my ice shaker. Fun fact, when I was I trained with Glenn Gronkowski, everybody, when we were trained together, people thought I was, I was the other Gronk brother. So it was kind of funny. But yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a, I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way.
0: That is awesome right there. I mean, you heard it. Guys, got to go get your ice shakers. Uh, Scooby, I actually have a bonus question just because I, I can't stop oh, asking.
1: Get ready, Scooby.
0: No, this isn't bad. When you were in Tucson, I forgot when you were in Tucson the other month, they treated you. I mean, it was like you were all over the social media. I mean, they treated you yeah. like royalty. Just what did what was that experience like for you going back?
2: I wasn't even expecting that at all. I literally could have hit up Coach Saunders, like, hey, Coach, can I come stay this us up and stop by the facility? Like, just on some real, like, low-key stuff. I just wanted to see the field, to be honest, and see if they had my if they had my trophy case stuff. Not even thinking I'd meet Coach Fish or nothing. But, uh, yeah, I walk in, and Coach Saunders met him, met the secretaries, met everything. And then uh, I walk in the defensive staff room, and their whole entire coaching staff was there, and they had, like, they had some pictures written up on some some pictures of me, like a little like PowerPoint type deal thing. And I that was pretty cool. I mean, it, it was it was cool. I mean, it was uh, honestly that that experience was couldn't have been more perfect to what led me to the USFL.
0: That's awesome. Uh, you know, Scooby, As as Shane and I mentioned, we had our 100th show last week. We said that you're one of our favorite guests that, that we have on and we truly uh, mean that and appreciate you always coming on with us. Uh, great to catch up with you. Congrats on your success. And uh, obviously we'll stay in touch. Love to have you on again before the season and before the college season, just to kind of talk U of A stuff and wrap the uh, USFL up and best of luck, my friend.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I appreciate you guys. It's always a pleasure.
0: want to thank our friend Scooby Wright, Shane. I mean, that was as good of an interview as probably we have had. Just one that I've really enjoyed in quite a while on this show.
1: You know what I forgot to ask was what year is his Mickey Mantle card? (laughs) Yeah, right. It was 52 rookie card. I mean, yeah, Well, I don't think he has
0: a 52 Mickey Mantle. He'd have to play
1: football ever again.
0: Right. But I mean, you see, just like it's what this is we kind of previewed Shane. It was just one of those interviews where it's just like guys sitting around a a bar talking. You know, it's great. Yeah, I love it. Always, always appreciate having Scooby on. And there's nothing more that I'd like to see than him in an NFL training camp uh, in a few months. That's that would be great, and could, would give us uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, one thing I just want to quickly talk more about before the end of the show: um, the NIL situation. ASU keeps losing players. I know they are forming their own NIL, you know, situation there, which will help friends, friends of Sparky,
1: like, probably, or yeah, something like that. Something or...
0: comparable. To that yeah, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna form that here coming up, but they've gotten crushed. Arizona yeah. has a really good thing going on with with friends of Wil, Wilma and Wilbur or something, whatever it's called. Yep. Um, just, I, I know we're going to try to have somebody on next week to talk more about this. Who's more of an expert. What can be done to stop this NIL craziness? Do you have a solution that can maybe curb this? Cause I actually th- thought of one.
1: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Cause I don't have a solution. I, I like, like we've talked about, you know, student athletes being able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. I'm, I'm all for like Sam Thomas, for example, yep. we, I had her on, I, I talked to her. I think you weren't available for that right. one a few months ago. Uh, and she said, it's great to have a little extra money because she has her clothing line. She writes a, a blog now. She said it's great to have a little extra money for Christmas and buy Christmas gifts for her family. That's fantastic. I, I love that. Oh, you know, Dale and Terry's got his own clothing line now too. That that's all fun. But basically All the stuff, you remember that movie Blue Chips with Nick Nolte back in the day? All that stuff that went on then, like the Friends of the Program stuff, hush, hush. It's all legal now. Basically, the university is is paying them indirectly. And this was the inevitable conclusion to this. And unless, I don't know what, if Congress is going to step in, what they could do, if it's going to be challenged by the Supreme Court. But it's unfortunate the direction it's going. And I wonder how it's, because Arizona football, they've gotten their recruits. I don't think it's really been much to do with the NIL. It's because they- I'm sure it has. And I think they're, they're, they're they're on top of their game as far as that goes. But I think that the main draw has been coaches who have been in the NFL and they want to get to that next level and make, and make money at that level, which is, you know, in, unless you're at like Alabama is not, is, you know, what, what you're making in the NIL deal is peanuts compared to that. So I'm hoping that that doesn't derail uh arizona's recruiting efforts and and maybe it helped a little bit but i don't think that's been the biggest thing And you know, even before before then the last year uh jetfish brought in some some impressive guys so but yeah I, I this whole you know again student athletes making money off their name absolutely this friends of the program nonsense i i hope it ends soon one way or the other
0: here, so the reason it's really in the in the forefront this week is Miami's best player of basketball, Isaiah Wong, is like, basically, I'm not being paid enough. Uh, I got you guys in the mm-hmm. Elite Eight. I'm not being paid enough. I need a yep. raise. for And the, the sponsor, I don't remember who it is down there, is like, no, I'm already giving you something. You take what you've got. The NCAA, in my opinion, has to make a rule where you cannot be paid separate NIL deals with two different schools in consecutive years. Mm. So unless you're a grad transfer. So if you're an underclassman, you like Quinn, you were at Ohio state. This guy was, he left high school early, got paid a million bucks to go to Ohio state. Didn't play a snap, went to Texas, going to start for them immediately and is going to get paid uh, millions of dollars to be Texas's starting quarterback. Shouldn't be allowed. There should be a one year. If you transfer, you are not allowed to get any NIL money for that year, or you are deemed ineligible.
1: Well, let me ask you this too. And and that would, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be challenging courts. So every, everything we're talking about would have to pass constitutional muster. And I, yeah. that's beyond my pay grade. But if it was possible, would you set a cap on the amount of money that someone, a student athlete can make in a given yeah. year?
0: Yeah. And that's interesting. Um, and it would definitely level the playing field, let's say. So we'll yeah. have somebody on at some point, uh, Shane and I are working on it to bring someone on to talk more about the NIL deals and what the future of college athletics will look like. And as Shane said, probably all the court cases that will go along with it, Mm -hmm. but great show, uh, a lot of great discussion. Great to have on Scooby, Wright. He's just always a blast and just very candid with us. And I got to know him a little bit more with the card collecting. Who would have thought? So great stuff. Uh, Shane is always uh, appreciated for Shane Dale. I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always bear down.